0: This podcast replay is brought to you by Welton Rayom. Call for a free consultation, 954-966-4646. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Welton Rayom handles property damage claims due to a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help, 954-966-4646. There he is, locked and loaded and ready to go. How you feeling, my man? You feeling Good. Okay.
1: Yeah, feeling good. Uh, it was cool to, to um, get to know Anthony Weaver today. And um, I can tell you, you, you can tell uh, why he's a guy that's up for head coaching jobs. And he was interviewed. Yeah. He just ah. presents himself very well. So you really get that sense of, of, of why and who he is. Yeah, the presence
0: uh, yeah. R- right away, the intelligence mm-hmm. on how he approaches things. It's not so um, Neanderthal coach-like. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? You know what I'm what, saying?
1: What, what are you talking about? Uh,
0: no, no, I'm not specific.
1: I'm <laughs> okay, saying no, I'm in gonna... <laughs> general,
0: there are some coaches that are just about rah-rah and intensity. All this. There's an intelligent approach to him, you know, that I really liked uh, overall. Again, to me, by the way, this will be a third year in a row, and I probably won't have a problem with him either. My problem's more on the offensive side. It's not the defense anyway when it's all said and done. But sure. one of the things, and as I told you, he's not going to tell you what kind of defense they're going to play. He just kept it very general and all that kind of stuff. But I love that he's going to stay multiple with Jalen Ramsey and all of that. And I think that's very important. To me, the fact that he didn't sell, oh, no, but I have a scheme and then we'll get everybody a fit. No, he talked more about adjusting to everything that has to go on, whether it's in a game or your talent or whatever it is. That's one of the things I did like, that it looked like it was an open approach to how he's going to defend.
1: Yeah, that was one thing that I know you were really hoping for. I think a lot of fans were really hoping for that he was going to be wanted to be multiple, wanted to be flexible. Uh, he said that what the Ravens were doing under Mike McDonald will be at the foundation of of what he will do as defensive coordinator. So, I think when I talked about just getting some answers, that's more so what I was looking for is just something the foundation, is he going to be more like the aggressive style when he ran his own defense in 2020 with the Texans or is it going to be more of uh, the, the two high safeties like he has had under Mike McDonald with the Ravens and not not so much like what Wake Martindale did over there. Uh, so I, I think he, we got that answer, but then that he will also be flexible. Uh, so maybe he's willing to be versatile with his blitz rate. He talked a little bit about that that uh, it's not to be reckless with it. He's been under both systems, the guys that just blitz all the time or the the guys that take a a very metered approach to it. So I think they'll still be sort of in line with what uh, they were already doing. So some of the continuity is there, but just more open to being flexible, which is what you want to see out of a guy. And especially with Jalen Ramsey, I know that had to be music to everyone's ears. Yeah, yeah. he is willing to move him around. He doesn't want to just keep him on one side, that that's going to be a disservice to him. So uh, he really opposed what Vic Fangio was doing just last year with him, uh, which is uh, is something that you like to hear.
0: And by the way, speaking of the ogre, uh, Vic Fangio, um, the other thing that I loved about Anthony Weaver, you guys asked him, will he be in the booth or will he be in the sidelines? And when his uh, his answer about talking on the sidelines, I'm not a booth guy, uh and and when i'm listening to him okay because that's the part that's super impressive about anthony weaver is listening to him is that you want that on the sidelines why because he's a communicator and apparently you know the old the old geezer isn't that much of a communicator he's just kind of an ogre that's going to tell you what to do and doesn't really necessarily care about what you have to say about it whereas anthony weaver is going to communicate with guys. He's going to tell them what he wants, but he's probably also going to listen to at the same time to then correct that or enforce some of that and say reinforce some of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I really love the approach, and that's because he has the personality and the communication (laughs) skills to keep it downstairs. I like that.
1: Right. And he said he needs to feel what's going on in the game. So, like you said, he's not – it's not like you're coaching on Madden where you just uh, you got your players and you, you, you have them doing this and that. You, you pick a play and then and you just watch it unfold. No, I mean, coaches that, that are upstairs, they have their reasons. Like, you know, Vic Fangio, he wants to get the All-22 view of things. and But uh, it, it just speaks to the different style of coach that uh, he is uh, collaborative in that sense, that he's getting the feel for what the players are seeing, getting it in real time. So it's not like it takes an extra layer of communication with – say under Fangio, um, a linebackers coach, Anthony Campanelli would have to tell him something that he's seeing, get it upstairs to Vic Fangio. And then Vic Fangio makes an adjustment based off of that. You know, it's his own observation that he's seeing in his players. He could hear it from his players. He could take that information and then make uh, on the spot adjustments based on whatever needs to be done, whatever he feels needs to be done. So uh, yeah, I mean, different coaches have their reasons for the, their different styles, but um, uh, yeah, I, I like that he, he is in tune with what's, uh, what's going on with and gets that feel for it.
0: He's a communicator, bro, and that's yeah. kind of what they want on this staff. You know what I mean? And, you know, the old man was probably set in his ways and wasn't the same, wasn't as communicative. communicative. Or wasn't, let's say, uh, wasn't uh, jiving well with the rest of the staff. You know what I mean? So now you've got a guy that these two can relate to each other. You know, I always tell—I've told this story many times over because fans and sometimes media mistaken this about a coach. And oh well, dude, he's been fired six times. He's been all these teams. Yeah, dude, you're looking at it the wrong way. They keep hiring because they like him. (laughs) He's not the problem where they got fired. You know, more often than not, a lot of people end up going with, you know, staff changes and you end up losing your job because you're part of a staff change. Yeah, every once in a while it'll be individually, you know, uh, the Steve Wilkes situation, which I think was completely unfair. But, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. Okay, fine. But a lot of times you're going to be part of an entire staff that you're let go and you change. And we had terrible experiences with two guys that had never been fired and that was Joe Philbin and Brian Flores. Why? They were hired by one franchise and they were only working in one franchise. So they knew nobody. And that coach that has bounced around all over, like McDaniel, like Weaver, like others, like Bevel, those are your best coaches. Those are the coaches that get to know other systems, other players, uh, you know, other ways of doing things. And that's how they become better coaches. The guy that's stuck in only the Patriot way or the Packer way, that may not fly for him because he hasn't learned from other people because there's more to it. You know what I mean? And then the other thing is when you hire those kind of guys, they can't find other options. Here's McDaniel. He found a guy, uh, what was it, 2009 was the last time that these two guys worked. That's 15 years ago, dude. You know, that's... Uh, th- this is why you want these kind of coaches. The ones that have bounced around, they are actually and usually your best coaches.
1: Yeah. And the turnover rate in the NFL is so high anyway, where, like you said, just because he's bounced around different places, that doesn't mean he was at fault in in any place. It's just, all right, somewhere along the line, whether it's a head coach, which a lot of them just last three, maybe four seasons in a spot, I mean, it's not working out, they kick you to the curb, they move on, and then there's a trickle-down effect of every position uh, beyond that. And, and then the same thing goes with coordinators. Some of them might be going to a promotion. Some of them might be, uh, yeah, some of them might be fired. But then it's a trickle down of okay, someone might have uh, their position, like him coaching D line somewhere, uh, all doing the right things, but then it, other parts of the defense didn't work out, whatever the case may be, and someone was let go and then now the next guy isn't going to retain him. Like, it's not like every single coach that the Dolphins had that's not being retained is at fault. It's just there's been a coaching change, and now – Anthony Weaver is bringing in his own guys. Like I'm not going to sit here and say uh, in the future, Oh, Anthony Campanelli, he was, uh, you know, Sam Madison, all these guys, Ronaldo Hill aren't coming back with the dolphins. And now that's a negative on their, the rest of their, their career. No, it's just now Anthony Weaver's bringing in his own guys. who he uh, spoke um, uh, vibrantly about all all his new hires with its Joe Barry, Ryan Crow, all these, all these coaches, uh, um, Brian uh, Duker, uh, the the new, uh, the new secondary coach. So, I mean, now, it's a just a new system, a new coach, and then he's going to bring in his guys. So yeah, it's you don't you don't fault a guy. And those those coaches, like Mike McDaniel, is one of them. I mean, he just spent one year in Cleveland, and then he ends up on the same staff as as Weaver here. Same as with the uh, the new secondary coach Duker. Duker was an intern on that staff. So then you right. build all these different connections. Whereas okay, Flores was just Patriot way the whole time. Philbin came in from the Packers. Um, so. Uh, maybe didn't get a lot of different uh, views of things. And Weaver can use that to his advantage in that being more flexible, going back to this original point, we just came full circle with it, where now he has seen different systems and can utilize them to whatever needs to be done with the personnel, with as uh, injuries occur and different guys are in and out of the lineup, uh, how to best maneuver.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. All right, what else stood out to you in this uh, interview with Weaver?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the way he presented himself, uh, for sure, uh, you just see uh, why, how important uh, player development is and how he would communicate the same way, probably, to a player that he was speaking to. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's a better fit for uh, just interacting with players uh, of today. Uh, cause he was a player just really, I mean, not that long ago, early 2000s, a, a career that spanned 02 to 08 and then goes into coaching right after. So sort of that, uh, young 40 and in his lower forties age range. Uh, I, I just feel like, yeah, he'd be a nice fit with uh, the players of today. He, he feels like it's not that big of a difference when he played to, um, uh, to what he sees now, uh, where, uh, what was his quote? It was like, uh, uh, oh, yeah, you coach them hard and love them up, and right. and the, and the players will respond. Right. So uh, I, I really like like that approach. Those two things are very key. I, I
0: I believe that that kind of approach is huge in football. It is huge in football. There's no doubt. I think that's why Andy Reid gets great reception from his players because he's kind of like that too. You know, like yeah, he's a hard ass and he wants things done right, but at the same time, he's the guy that's gonna keep things a little loose and and communicate with you and talk and be a human being you know what i mean and and he's had a lot of you know stuff go on in his life too personally so he's he's a guy that's developed some patience and understands that he's not that ogre you know neanderthal stereotypical football coach which that just doesn't fly in today's world uh, the other thing, by no, the way, thing.
1: okay, go ahead. One, one more thing, another thing that stood out. Um, and now we're going to overanalyze him just uh, reeling off player names. But uh, he started talking about how uh, this Dolphins defense, he's talking about the players that, he, that uh, he has to work with. And he goes, well, just at every level they have players. He starts naming players. And then he starts with, so he's going to the D-line. He starts with Zach Sealer. Hasn't said Christian Wilkins yet. Says the edge rushers, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb then kind of catches himself, and I'm assuming a little bit in how he went back to – then he says Christian Wilkins. Okay, so it's interesting. He named I tell Jackson, you, man. I tell Jackson, you, man. Come on. He's going to close, Bradley Chubb. Then he says Christian Wilkins. Uh, then then he goes to inside linebackers, David Long, you know, the off-ball linebacker. He didn't say Jerome Baker, though. Uh, Javon Holland so he gets to safety and then he says uh Jalen Ramsey as he gets to the corner didn't say Xavier Howard so maybe in that he's hinting now then later he he um uh, cleaned it up and said hey and I know there's guys I'm forgetting I apologize to all of them I mean he's just reeling off player names that come to his head uh, on the spot but uh maybe it's Christian interesting Christian Wilkins is what Howard-
0: Christian Wilkins is one of the most known players in the Miami Dolphins
1: right but yeah but and then so he still did catch him and, and say his name and um and mention that you know he loves coaching good players and that he wants that good player back so um and but he ended it with a we'll see so um, he go sort of like, he go <laughs> i mean it, it, he's been gone i've
0: been telling people he's been gone for a while bro you, unfortunately, you're going to have to make some tough decisions, and I, I think those are some of them. Uh, you've got to do some things to open up space for Patrick Queen. That's the part you're not understanding. But that's all right. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. You're you, <laughs> you
1: here first if Patrick Queen ends
0: up on the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, it's just one of those things. Patrick Queen and David Long in the middle. Hey. That's, uh, you know, they kind of, David Long and Patrick Queen kind of play the same kind of mentality. Except Patrick Queen's a better player, but, you know, but still, it's, David Long's, David Long did a nice job last year. I think that's going to yeah. be good. Yeah. And by the way, it doesn't hurt that uh, we a lot of people live here. He's been a Fort Lauderdale residence uh, since 2009, yeah. huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, that that was a, a new nugget uh, revealed today. Uh, so uh, he, he said that home that he bought in two thousand nine, his then girlfriend, now wife, helped him pick it out. Uh, but it's not big enough now for his, uh, in, his for his family. Now he has two kids. So he's actually going to be selling it now that he's living here. In oh, Kansas. he's
0: going to make a fat ass profit from 2009? Oh, yeah, yeah. Holy 2009.
1: Holy crap. Yeah. Good for man. him, bro. Good. What was him. I doing in 2009? I should have bought property oh, while well, I was still in college. <laughs> I was early in college. You so should have bought so Bitcoin no
0: last year at 16,000, is what you should have done. That's what you should yeah, have done.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I watched that price and I, and I contemplated and I, and I never pulled the trigger. Man, am I regretting it now? <laughs> well,
0: we tried to tell you. I mean, you know, we do that on this show here. We try to tell you things are happening. You know, you don't want to hear that Brian Floyd is going to get fired, but we kind of <laughs> tell you. You know, these are things that just happen, and then you know. So we warn you. We warn you about Bitcoin. Warn you. I, I gave folks Injective Protocol, who's at like thirty-six dollars now. I gave you Injective Protocol in August of twenty twenty-two at a dollar forty-three. That's two thousand percent rise, my brother, twenty-two hundred to be ex- exact, twenty-two hundred percent. So,
1: all right, big O, what are you on now? Then, what are you? you let, let me know what I can get into right now.
0: <laughs> you, you uh, if you want for real, if uh, I'm not a financial advisor, I always tell that people first and foremost, okay. I still think polygons at a good price at eighty-eight cents. Oh. I still think Adam at ten twenty-nine is a is a very good bargain. I think H bar at eight cents is a steal. I think uh, the Feds are going to use H bar. The Feds. No matter what people in the government tell you and all that stuff, they're all going to be involved. Crypto, Web3, Bitcoin, um, DeFi. That's all going to be a part of our everyday lives. Is what people don't understand. Um, I still think um, Polkadot at 770 is a hell of a deal. I told you about Avalanche when it was at $8 and $10. It's at 41 now, my brother. I told you about Immutable X when it was $0.44. Cents. It's at $3.17. You know, so people that listen to our, my show, they're all making money. They're all making money. This week, uh, we have gotten them with Neutron. We've been talking about Neutron for the last couple of months. And Neutron in the last week is up 68%. You're killing it. We told you about Kryptonite. Kryptonite in the last week, my brother, up 50%. So you know it's just uh, up. I, I think Ethereum is still at a beautiful uh, buying zone where it's at right now because it's going to pop to 4,800 very soon. And, uh, yeah, right, I saw and it's
1: been going up. So. It's been so. going. It's
0: been going up. It's been going up. Ethereum right now is in the 2,800 range. It was at 2,900, uh, but it was down, hanging around 24, 25 for a while. Uh, when this thing pops. It's gonna to pop to four thousand quickly, so some of you will get close to doubling your money. You'll probably get about about seventy percent value out of that investment. There, uh, I think Ethereum in the end of this bull run ends
1: between seven and ten thousand dollars. Ethereum, uh, a friend of mine uh, gave it to me, and uh, he uh, and then it, it was rising. I bought it kind of high, but then I bought then it dipped, and I bought the dip, uh, and then I was uh, and then it rose back up. Now I sold it uh, because then I was pleased with the profits I made. I just said, "All right, let me get out in case it dips again." But it's only uh, gone up some more since then.
0: Right. Um. Yeah. You should have been listening a year ago, a year and some ago, when it was at nine hundred and a thousand. I was telling everybody.
1: Oh yeah, I bought around that range. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'll never get it like you. I told everybody you'll never get it at that range again because the the floor it had before that was in the sixteen seven hundred range. And so it was going to go above that, and it certainly did. It went to 1900 and 2000 and kind of hung there for a while. And now it went up to the 23, 2500 range, and it hung there for a while. Now it's going up closer to 3000. And we're going to have a pump soon where it's going to go well over 4000. You'll see. So um, I'm just saying, bro, we, we give them to you. If you take
1: them, go ahead. Good luck to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the the ones that already went up. Then I worry that uh, I missed it. So well, actually,
0: uh, I'll give you. Eh, see, here you go. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Sailor, which is called Kryptonite. Uh, it is Sailor. The the acronym for it. Um, it is the D five uh, platform for the Sage blockchain, and it was at fifteen cents. It found the floor at fifteen cents. It went into this dip that we just had, and it went all the way down to four. Okay, I never got to buy it at four cents. I ended up buying it initially, I think it was like nine or 10 cents, and then it went up to 15. So I was making a profit. When it went all the way down, what do you think I did? I loaded absolutely up. All right, once it, once it went under that nine and hit eight, I started loading up, buying, and buying all the way down to four cents. Now it's up to 8.4 cents. It was at 10 just a couple of hours ago. Do you think it's gonna get back to 10? Yeah. Do you think it's going to get back to 15? Yeah. Do you think it's going to get past 15? Hell yeah. So if it's going to go back to 15 and it's at 8.4 cents, 4 you got a chance to double your, your money there. Plus, I think it's going to go up even more than that. But I'm just saying, in the short term, it's going to go green. You know what I mean? So there's one that you can look at. I'm definitely
1: playing this back later and and, and comparing it to, and going on Robin Hood and checking what I can uh, get into. All
0: you have to do is go on my Twitter page. If you follow my Twitter page. Oh, yeah. I post every time something's on a low. When Pendle was down to $1.34, $1.31, I told everybody you got to jump on it, got to jump on it. It's over $3 now. You know what I mean? So I always tell you when I think, It's going to, hey, this is a bottom. This is a time where you buy because I'm doing the same thing. I'm not doing something that you, uh, I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not doing. You know what I mean? So I kind of look at it the same way. I don't talk about coins that I don't invest in that much. Uh, I may know about some of them and I may like them or not, but I'm not, I don't go heavy into that because I'd rather talk about the stuff that I'm invested in because I know about it thoroughly. You know what I mean? So it's really all about doing, investments are all about doing your homework and understanding yeah. what it's all about. And the problem is most people don't understand crypto, which for me is a beautiful thing because I'm able to take advantage of it. So, it's, it. yeah, it. yeah. it, it yeah. won't be as fun for me when the rest of the world uh, lives on the blockchain because the blockchain is, you know, the blockchain is the new internet. You understand that, right? You understand that? Do you know that at all, David? Uh, I'm not privy to this. Okay, so <laughs> what Cardano, let me, let me give you a little education. What mm-hmm. Cardano and Bitcoin, and Polygon, and Ethereum, and all that, what they are, are cities, okay? The blockchain is a highway, the internet, that is going to connect all of these things. And so a okay. Park will be on Cardano. Uh, um, what's it called? Amazon is already on Avalanche. So everybody's going to the blockchain. Why? Because it's the secured internet. It's where you can actually protect your business, protect your rights, protect your logo, protect your music, all of that kind of stuff. Everything can be protected on the blockchain. And so it's the new internet. And it's, it's, it's like credit cards. They laughed at credit cards. Go, go on YouTube and go find an old video of somebody laughing at credit Oh, these things will never work. Oh, the internet, it's a joke. Now you make your life on the internet. What people don't realize is that the blockchain is the new internet. And all of these companies that are being built, Avalanche and Cosmos and all that, these are the things that are gonna house all these businesses. So where you make your FPNL payment, it's going to be on one of these blocks that are there. And that's what, the, that's what, that's what crypto is, what people don't understand. They just look at meme coins and all the stupid shit. They don't actually understand the real world usage that's actually being put in place for all of this stuff. But they will understand in the next two to four, five years, where mass adoption takes over, and everybody tokenizes everything that they do, because that's the way we're going. So
1: yeah, I'll admit I, I was in on that Dogecoin, and and then just loved how it shot up, and then and then sold that, got a, got a little profit. Yeah, also, there, there, there's there's
0: Doge that. now, and there's yeah. believe it or not, there's one called Cocking You. There's one called Kulo. Uh, uh, no, serious. Seriously. Serious. Uh, there's, uh, there's all kinds of meme coins. I, I don't get into the meme coins because it's not a real investment. It, that's, that's a real gamble. Yeah. That's a real gamble. Whereas uh, when I look at VChain and they're up 40% today, Uh, When I look at VeChain, I know exactly what the real-world usage is and what companies are tied to them. Oh, Range Rover is with them. Oh, that's interesting. Louis Vuitton is with them. Oh, Purdue Chicken, Walmart, Amazon. Oh, really interesting. They're all using VeChain. Oh, I wonder why. And so VeChain runs a program that is for inventory control. And they created it for China in the first place because a lot of their food is getting rotten because there's so many people in China and there's so much food being moved around. Sometimes they don't know where they put the crates. And by the time they go back to the crates, all the food was rotten and done. So what they're doing now is everything's being tagged by this thing that allows them to track everything from where it was created to where it's distributed to where it is sold. And when you buy your Louis Vuitton bag, VeChain will allow you to search your bag, how it came out of the, out of the factory to the distributor, right to your d- retailer and into your, and into your hands. And these are the things that people don't understand because they have not taken the time to actually find out what crypto is, what the blockchain is, what DeFi is, what even Bitcoin is. And that's our problem. We have a ton of ignorance right now. And until we get over that hump, everybody will look at the internet like it's side-eyed you're you're too young for this but back then bro people were looking at the internet like oh yeah that's a joke that'll never last this that whatever and here we are so you know it's just kind of the same stuff that's all 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 i all i I ever ask people is do your homework study the one the person i can't stand is the moron that looks at me and says oh it's a scam okay so tell me why it's a scam oh i just heard it's a scam okay great get out of here you know what i mean and so you know it's just it's kind of sad because what i don't like is there's a lot of people out there that could be making a lot of money from this and they could be a part of something brand new and once it it really takes over that's when regret takes over that's when when bitcoin hits 75 and 80 that's when the the fomo begins and oh my god i gotta get in now you didn't want to
1: get in at 16 or 20? Yeah, right. You missed it now. You, now you're buying high.
0: Now you're buying high, you know? Low,
1: low, low so high. That, that, that's the one thing I know, that, for sure. Right. You buy oh, high, you
0: panic, you get a dip, and you end up losing money because you like to oh, yeah, sell yeah. it,
1: right. you know? I'm not that kind of investor. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got
0: in. This is my fourth year. When I got in, it was the back end of the last cycle. I didn't know what I was doing because I had just gotten in. And so then I had to kind of learn and find my feet and my, and my grounding here and understand what's going on and why, why what, what, what is this? What is that? What, what, what usage does this have? Who is partnering with this? What companies are involved? You know And then when you start to find out about all of this and then you, the, the people with money, the people with power are the ones that are doing this? Come on, bro. That's all you need to know. Right. <laughs> you know? So, by the
1: way, I, yeah, I I love this tangent that we went on. We could call it the Walton Realm Order in the Courts uh, <laughs> segment here in our Dolphins. <laughs>
0: yes, sir. Session. Yes, sir. All right, what do you got going on in the Sentinel, so folks can check you out.
1: Yeah, I just uh, posted uh, a lot of what we talked about with Anthony Weaver. And last couple of days, uh, I finally put up a a feature on Anthony Schwartz, a South Florida kid who signed on a futures contract. So Speedster has been with the Browns and was on the practice squad last year. We'll get a chance to make the team. Also analyze whether uh, Chase Claypool or Robbie Chosen, uh, what their prospects are. in a Dolphins wide receiver room that will have uh, some spots open with a lot of free agents and, and more Anthony Weaver content uh, to come.
0: Okay. All right. Good stuff. Follow him on Twitter. David Faronis underscore. Appreciate you, my brother. We will uh, talk uh, next weekend. Have a next week. Have a great weekend.
1: Great weekend, sir. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Welt and Realm bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, personal injury, commercial litigation, business owner claims, WRFLALaw.com is the website. They can help anybody here in South Florida, even in Florida. doesn't matter. One of our listeners in Orlando called them. man. Listen, call Jeff Welt. The consultation's free. So you don't know if you have a case. You think you have a case. You might have a case. You have an idea of it. Well, ask the professional. I'm not the guy. I'm not the lawyer. I can't answer that, but Jeff can. Jeff is fantastic. And by the way, his crypto bags are growing. 954-966-4646. I told Jeff Welt he needs a weight belt for those crypto bags. That's how heavy they're getting. It's like Brooklyn Rob. Brooklyn Rob, is his, his crypto bags are so heavy, he's got two people carrying them now at this point. It's amazing. No, but seriously, call Jeff Welt, Daniel Realm, 954-966-4646. One guy's a stunt pilot. The other guy loves his rock and roll. That's why I love Jeff because he and I talk a lot of music too. 954-966-4646. By the way, he's a longtime suffering Dolphins and Hurricanes fan. Okay? So, Welt and Rayom.